What's up, everyone? It's 3.30, and it's Auto Dealer Live time. I'm sitting here with Brett Oob. What's My up, Brett? My boy, David, man. We had a great day yesterday, didn't we? Absolutely, man. I'm still uh, I'm still soaking it in from all of the uh, content. I'm on a content. If there's such a thing as a content overload. You're on a content high? Content high. Yeah, content high. And uh, But, man, I tell you what, we had a great, great Willie Nelson day. said contact high. So contact. We, we're on content high. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something, man. Um, you know what? The kind of high we left off of yesterday or leave you a lot better off than anything else. We uh, we came out of an incredible uh, room with some incredible people. So, But you know what, man? I tell you, I tell you this. Um, whether you're in a, an auditorium with 5,000 people, there's a place for that. That's or if right. you're in a, a round table with 12 or 13 people, including John Maxwell, or if you're sitting here with the two of us on a podcast with a great audience, you know what, you've got value in every scenario. And I think today can be just as impactful as any one of those others. If they could just take a nugget. I mean, we're gonna learn a nugget from this panel of all-star lineup that we have today. But the other thing, David, probably what we should talk about since we did that table yesterday and we, we, if you weren't here last week, we did a leadership summit for people from all industries to kind of talk about how they handled the COVID-19 crisis. Mm -hmm. And we learned those lessons. But Dave, you want to talk to them a little bit about what we're doing in August and let people out there know that they can comment and be a part of it if they'd like. Yeah, you talking? Uh, you talking about the roundtable? Yeah, our our leadership roundtable. Yeah. we're doing for the auto industry. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's still a couple of slots. But you know, here the deal with this is we left about five slots. It's a twenty group, but it's uh, twenty five dealers. You know, we did, we left a few there. Twenty group is funny. Twenty group with twenty five. Twenty five, twenty group. But we did leave a few extra spots available. We have uh, general managers and dealer principals. Um, that are part of this and uh, so leadership roundtable and four times a year we're going to be meeting here at our office and then the other eight months once a quarter in person the other eight months we're going to be doing zoom calls and it is a 20 group however it was also birthed you know you and I I mean this is going back I would say six years ago probably probably you know when we talked I remember where I was sitting and we were in uh, two offices ago where I was and um we were sitting there talking. It was it was shortly after we had uh, started doing business, and we were talking about the need for a twenty group. You know, both of us, of course, you know, um, you know, have relationships with the Lord, and we were just talking about the fact that we see such a lack, you know, um, in what we call twenty groups, and there's a lack of leadership. And so, uh, again, took a long time, but it's, we've been doing a lot of other things, and um, you know, we're, we pulled this together with some great many that you see on the show. Uh, often, but uh, some dealers and GMs only. And if you'd like to be part of that, you know, we are for the next four or five slots, you know, obviously taking apps to really make sure we get the right people, not only for, for us, but for you. Um, and uh, But I'm going to tell you something, it's in August, and then we're going to make sure that that's available uh, as a fly on the wall to people as well, as we always do. I think one of the things people love about things that we do, even if we have some intimate times where we're talking about business, we do open up pieces of that for everyone um, you know, as well. Well, if you get a chance, you want to be a part of it in person. But what Dave's alluding to, that is if, if you just can't, we're going to make that content available to you um, through YouTube and through Facebook and the other social media platforms. But there's nothing really that that equates because what's going to really happen is when, if you come and you you are a part of it. And what, he's, what, what Dave's talking about, and those of you that have been in 20 groups or in 20 groups now, 20 groups tend to focus on best ideas and they tend to focus on financial results and what we're going to talk about is leadership building and equipping your staff and your your uh your succession plan for the long term and so 
we're going to bring in some great folks, some great speakers, and we're going to have some great content for that. But if you can't be here, then we'll have we'll provide it for you in a virtual uh, setting. But I, I know that you and I spoke about this yesterday, just about the event that we had. Is mm-hmm. there was more relationships made at break? Yeah, that are going to get business done from the foreseeable future mm-hmm. that happen in those kind of settings that you could, that, 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 that it's, if, if the, if the whole conference was a bust, mm-hmm. those relationships would be worth the price. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, and, and we're going to ask you guys to share, you know, the podcast today, we have some great uh, GMs on and owners on today. Uh, we have uh, uh, Anthony Toops, uh, GM, a classic, uh, group in Beaumont, Texas. Also, Amanda Gordon, uh, owner of Gojo Auto in Denver, and then Scott Simons, uh, GM, managing partner of several points with the, uh, the Valley uh, Automotive Group. But uh, one of the cool things about, and again, they're going to talk about, uh, you know, how uh, the successes, failures, things they're seeing. But one of the things I think that is really important about this this show, you're watching the automotive audience. I mean, all the way from, again, from every position on the blacktop, front end, back end, you know, variable fixed ops. I mean, watch this show. And, you know, something I think is real important, and we learned it yesterday, don't ever underestimate networking. And I, and I mean, if you're a salesperson right now and you're watching, you go, what does that have to do with me? Look, I'm telling you that you know who do you know and what can you learn or what can they learn from you because it truly goes down to brett the scripture iron sharpening iron at any level i mean it's just like i want to be in the room with somebody when i'm in the room with someone and i'm going to spend some time what can how can i leave better you know and i don't and it's not always so funny because as a marketer you know i'll see people and it just drives me nuts it really kind of like you know the, the nails on the chalkboard but that to marketing when i see people on social media just throw something out like 1995 or you know not you know uh you know hey buy my program that that type of of message is marketing taboo right it's horrible it's not marketing it's anti-marketing so just like we're marketing you know you know you you can't just just throw it out there right it's got to be subtle that's really what networking is to me i'm not going to be in the room with somebody and try to walk out with business on the spot because that's selfish but i'm going to better myself by being in that room and I'm going to leave better and opportunity always, no matter what opportunity always comes from that. That's true. It just, it just does. The thing about it is, is that when you go to do something like that, you have to be intentional mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to come here and I'm going to add value. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to find the takeaways. And then the third piece is, is I'm going to apply what I'm, what I'm learning and what I'm taking away from here. And then the fourth thing that I would, that I always do is, who can I meet in the process yep. that I can add value to and that can add value to me? Because if you don't get those type of opportunities when you go to those things, it's really not worth worth attending. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to break first or bring him on? Break first. No, bring him on. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, I think our guests are all on. I see their faces over on Skype uh, now. We see them over there. And uh, so without further ado, let's bring on Anthony Toops, Amanda Gordon, Scott Simons. Uh, gentlemen and lady. We want to thank you for joining us today. I'm very excited about uh, picking your brain a little bit and um, uh, great content as always. And I know they're, they're, they always eavesdrop on the monologue, Brett, so they hear what we're talking about in the beginning. So we could feel free to, to really probably ask them any of those questions as well, man. I'll toss, how about toss it to you for the first? Well, good. Well, we're, what we're talking about today and for the panel that hasn't been with us, um, Anthony and Amanda and and Scott what we did last week and what we'll do at the end of this week is we ask 
the dealers? What topics do you like to see us talk about? What would, what kind of content can we do for you and what can we do to add value? And so this week is, is how do you evaluate your team members? And we provided you with a list of questions that we're going to ask. So we'll start with Anthony since, since I know Anthony. And uh, what criteria do you use to evaluate your high potentials versus everybody else in your organization? Well, you kind of got me on the spot because I didn't get the list, or maybe I ignored it. You know, you know. you're a smart guy, buddy. So, figure it out. <laughs> but hey, I'll be Johnny on the spot. That's what car guys do, right? So hey, I know you're a, you're a you're a A player. You probably already had the answer at the tip of your tongue. Well, it, you know, I, I use a little bit of new technology. I lo- I'm a little old school and to evaluate my team. One, you know, we're a Venn Solutions dealer, so. We have all that data at our fingertips to evaluate how they perform, phone calls, uh, internet leads, so on and so forth. But, you know, I, I still go old school and use a an old Britain action plan. I find that my team members, when they are writing it down, they're getting involved. They're writing their daily action plan down. I make them turn in the old school action plan. How many how many opportunities you're going to get today? How many people you're going to talk to? How many did you talk to? What are you going to do tomorrow? How were you successful today? What are your goals for the month? You know, all the way through the whole list, and make them think about that daily. You know, Anthony, I thank you for the. And, and you, I think we have a habit of putting everyone on the spot a little bit because, you know, um, but I appreciate that answer. And you know, I want to I want to kind of double down on that a little bit and bring it back to you i don't think that's necessarily old school i think it might seem that way to certain uh you know individuals maybe today and i think less sometimes you know my experience with people discounting those types of uh of leadership tools and and i think really what's necessary is a lot of times it's because they're not good at it you know and they make an excuse that it's not relevant anymore but typically that's because they're not good at it um but to be honest with you my experience is if you don't do what you said you do with the action plan then the initial for the first thing you said the leads they're just wasted distribution you know it's just wasted money and a lot of times um you know the numbers the other day you know as as much as we're a training company and we're on i mean our, our we have co- we have a head coach in sales we don't have a manager we have a coach head coach in sales and we're on it we found out the other day in our um in our software that we use for our phone system that we were tracking call logs but they, our phone system actually digs in and finds out, you know, uh, not only uh, not only if we're engaging with a, a person, but also how many times we're dialing the same number and, and, and through a report that they offer. So we looked at 80 calls a day really was 40, you know. And so when we looked at this data and rolled it out, we didn't go, by the way, and, and browbeat our team. We presented it to them and their mouse dropped because every one of them want to be successful and they realized what they thought they were doing they were doing half you know so every one of them wanted to get better um out of that process and uh, so I, I applaud you for doing that and and i think that that's again i think that that's a, a necessity uh amanda you know i know you've been in sales and even prior to the auto business uh you were in retail sales then were a top performer in the car business um and of course now running your own store going to you with that same question i mean looking at criteria uh, you use to evaluate your high performers, right? Uh, versus everyone else. You know, w- what do you look at when it comes to that? Or, for, or if you're even if you're consulting with a dealer, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm, I'm old school. I uh, hi everybody, by the way, and thanks for having me. Hey, how are I, you? Um, yeah, I when I got into the industry 18 years ago in sales, a I'm very competitive, so I just wanted to win. Mm-hmm. So I look for like-minded people. I think when you're in sales, there's something special about that competitive edge 
that you just want to win. You want to be salesperson of the month. You want to be at the top of the board. You want to have those double digits in, in sales and you look for like-minded people. Um, I mean, the data hasn't changed really as far as, you know, the average salesperson still sells 10 cars a month. Mm -hmm. um, the average salesperson can handle X amount of leads. So do you want to be average above or below? Like where, where are you at? So when talking to your people, you can, you can feel engaged where they're at. And then doing um, similar to what he said, uh, we do weekly, we do a Monday morning meeting and a Friday morning meeting, kind of a uh, beginning of the week refresh and then an end of the week and then um, seeing where they're at, where they're trying to be, because I, I am a firm believer that you can't hit a target that you don't see where it's at. So hmm. we do check-ins and, um, and, and leading by example. Um, I lay it on the line personally every day. I'm here six days a week um, and I'm the owner and I, I put in more hours than everybody. And, and so they know that I expect what, what I put out um, and nothing less and, and they follow suit. So I think leading by example, accountability and putting a, a hungry team around you uh, is a good equation for success. That's good. I think one of the things that Amanda just said, which was powerful and it was something that I heard I've heard it many times, but it was actuated again that if you want if you want to motivate people, first of all, you got to get people that are willing to be motivated, and that's kind of what she's saying about hiring a winner, right? Because we've all found people that we go, well, this person has all the talent, they have all the ability, they have all of the the, the seeds of success, but they don't see it in their head, mm -hmm. and that's what she means by hiring winners is you got to hire somebody that has that attitude that, hey, I don't have the skills, I don't have the talents right now, but if you teach me. Yep. I can be able to do that, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I, you know, Scott, yeah, it does make sense. Scott, you know, this, this wasn't the question. I'm going to give you a, kind, of a, um, kind of a little bit of a twist to that question based on what Brett just said. And, again, it's on the spot, so on the spot, this wasn't a question until he said it. Um, <laughs> but you know what? This is a leadership issue of mine that I've had in the past, um, a big time, um, being completely transparent and still can struggle with it today if I don't have my – if I'm not focused because Brett just talked about – Amanda just talked about hiring winners, all right? So we all know that that's what we'd like, but sometimes we settle for a couple of winners and a couple of, like, you know, okay – team members right and so here, here's and so here's my question winners in some degree right they're going to require you and i to to to, to put a vision out there right because money can't be a motivator for too long because when you start making enough money or more than enough money it just doesn't motivate winners um, but passion does right the opportunity to lead in seeing that vision so i, I learned it through failure through you know having a company where we grew to 55 60 employees back in 2013 and watching a top performers not feel like they had room to grow and me not making that available to them and guess what there was a mass exodus because of my lack of leadership so i learned right. it the hard way um so right. scott let me ask you somebody who runs multiple stores hundreds of employees obviously wow. you're a competitor how do you feel about that? How do you lead that that person, those winners, and provide up front, hey, this is your opportunity without dangling a carrot in front of them, but really laying out a vision? Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks, first of all, for having me on the show. Amanda, Anthony, great to see you. Um, you know, what we do, uh, and I work for Carter Myers Automotive Group, which I'm a very proud partner of, of Liza Borsch. She's a, she's a great lady, gave me one heck of an opportunity. We have about 700 employees that are owners of our um, company. They all have stock in our company. We're ESOP. So, you know, our tagline, owners just do more, um, moving lives forward. 
So, you know, it's, we're real fortunate to work for this company. Uh, to recap last month, just real quick, and I, I'm not too sure what everybody else is reporting, but the auto industry is on fire. We, we just finished up our best June ever, and we just finished up our third best month in the history of our company. So we're really <laughs> proud of our of our team. Man, uh, everybody works really awesome. hard, and uh, it's great to be. So in hold the on a second. The, the 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 best June ever. You guys mm-hmm. hear that? And the third best month in your dealership history in wow. the middle of COVID nineteen. Come on, that's strong. That's stronger than new rope right there, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're really really fortunate. We're telling people right now is a great time to get in the auto industry. It's one of the industries that's growing. I know real estate markets hot in some markets, but. Uh, the auto industry is on fire right now, it and uh, it's great to be in this wonderful industry. So uh, to answer your question directly, um, we before we hire somebody, we uh, do a background, uh, credit check, criminal history, which a lot of people do. We also do a personality test. We also do a Wonderlic test. We actually check their intelligence, which is, the Wonderlic is referred to by athletes that are going to pro, they check their Wonderlic. Mm-hmm. So we put a lot of due diligence in our uh, applicants before we hire them. So we, we invest a lot of money uh, in that process. But when we talk to people, we say, you know, what have you sold? Um, in have you played sports? Have you, are you, how competitive? What have you won at? What have you lost at? And how did you feel after those things? You know, were you a natural leader? Were you captain on a football team? Uh, were you a uh, captain of a cheerleading team? So we want to know who were leaders before, uh, during their youth. You know, do they have military background? How structured was their background? Um, So those are certain things that we look at when we talk to people just to get to know them a little bit better. Um, We after we talk to them, we actually invite them back to come and observe the position that they're going to apply. So if you're a sales rep and you've never sold cars before um, and we it doesn't matter if you have or not, actually, we probably prefer that if you hadn't, we want you to come in and observe someone to see. Do you agree you could do this job and live up to our expectations, our very high expectations? Uh, we want our average salesperson to sell 15 a month. At our Honda store, our average salesperson sold 21 a month, which our goal was 22. Uh, we had seven sales reps sell 162 cars in our Honda store last month. Wow. So we have very high expectations on what we want them to achieve. Um, we also get to know what's important to them. Mm-hmm. We get three personal goals, three professional goals, and then we give them a very clear career path. If you want to be a general manager or managing partner, this is what it takes at each of these levels in order to get there. And then we have, we find out what their aspirations. Some of our top salespeople, they you know they want to just be a salesperson. They make really good money doing that. They don't want to manage other people. Mm-hmm. So we find out what motivates them, and then find out what's important to them, and then use that to motivate them to get to. Uh, the, the highest levels that they can achieve. That's a key, at. isn't it? In the beginning, yeah. doing it in the beginning, we miss up on that. We we assume that everybody we hire wants to lead, but the reality is they don't all want to. Right. You got to figure out where people go to work for them. Yeah, Dave, and, I tell you. And, and you know, something that Scott said that that I, that that I'd written down here before is is that you have to identify. You know, you say, well, these people have never sold cars, or these people have never worked in service, or these people, but there's something in their life mm-hmm. that they've won at. And you've got to ask questions around those things to, you know, describe a time in your life when you won and then what was the what was the situation around that. And that can kind of give you a, an indication if you've got somebody that's mediocre mm-hmm. or if you've got somebody who's who's got some, who's got some successes under their belt and they know what it's like to win. Yeah. And it took stuff. me a little while to learn this. I, I try to manage people as though they were me. 
and there's only one me, there's only one you. Each one of us have basic needs and necessities, but each one of us have something going on in our lives that's more important. So the mistake I made was I didn't understand why people weren't motivated by success or money. I didn't understand why. And then I made that mistake and I take full responsibility. I lost some people I probably shouldn't have lost. You know, Scott, you know something I've, I've done and you, you've probably done this and we, I know this has taken a little bit of a, a turn here, but um, you know, I did this. I had a guy that was here 10 years that was making just crazy money, 10 years. I mean, and again, thinking that this person wanted to be in leadership and the downfall about eight years into his employment, he was making hand over fist money. Um, but he, I assumed that this guy wanted to manage. And so again, did did this and his income really dropped not just because he was manager i put a good pay plan, pay plan together but he was a really good salesperson but he just didn't have the desire to do it and let me tell you it affected his sales it distracted him and he ultimately left here because he lost a lot of a book of, book of business and it wasn't as uh it wasn't what he wanted and uh so i you know i've learned that lesson the hard way but you're you're so spot on scott man that's that's good stuff right there yeah. Hey, Anthony, let me ask you a question. Um, going to our number two here is, is that when you identify a high potential, somebody that's had some success in your organization, how do you equip those people so they can have continued success? Hmm. That's good. Well, yeah, without a doubt, equipping them is the, is the main thing. You know, I, I go back to what you were talking about, Scott was talking about, is, is all of us at one point in time weren't car guys, you know, so <laughs> – before we became car guys, we weren't car guys. So you got to take people that aren't car people and make them car people and equipping them is the goal. And you know, it's not a, it's not a one hit deal. You got to train daily. I mean, it's training from the desk as you work them every day, you have to have uh, scripted sales meetings for them. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. So we use many different tools. We have some, some, uh, inner dealership training programs that we utilize that are old school back from when this company, this company that I work for has been in existence for 20 or since 1927. So we have a long history. It's been a multi dealership organization for many, many years. So we got some great stuff out there. So we utilize that as well as some of the other training tools that the, that are out and available online or through some of the trainers. So it's, uh, it's equipping them daily. It's training daily. So you're talking about almost like being a coach, right? Well, that's really, yeah. you know, I, I've been in, involved with NCM, which their their slogan is train, coach, motivate, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that's what we are for all of our people is we are coaches, we're motivators, and that's what keeps them going. A couple of comments, Brett came in. One of, I know Weldon owns a couple of stores, and I'm not really sure who the other gentleman is, but um, Weldon Whitehurst said the written action plan works better for us with regards to accountability we have uh, daily meetings. That was his comment there. And then a uh, good comment from Adam Aarons. I'm not sure what Adam Aarons does, but it uh, looks like he's in management or leadership. Uh, our job is to remove obstacles from high potentials, find the things that are slowing them down and make them go away. Give high potentials more opportunities, give them an assistant, uh, parentheses shared in the shop and in sales. That's strong. So, well, stuff. you know, one of the things when, 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 um, Anthony was talking about writing that stuff down and then Amanda came back and kind of said she does some of that similar stuff is, you know, the, the automated systems are great for keeping up with stats. And, and what I find that in, in, in our businesses that the automated systems do for you is that when you have a volume of information coming in, you're able to make notes and remember that I talked to Dave earlier. I talked to Michael earlier. I talked to, 
Jason earlier and what I what was said in the conversation. But having them write down their game plan, having them write down their action plan, and have them write down exactly who or what their results are going to come from this week makes them commit to it. It makes them uh, take mental ownership of it. And then you get to see, do they real? are they really giving you lip service or are they really actuating on it? And I think that was strong out of both of those two. Well, yeah, because we're hiring a lot of millennials and you look at them and you tell them to write something down and they're like, write it down. I don't write <laughs> stuff down anymore, you know, but that's writing it leads to memory and leads to action. Well, Zig Ziglar said you got to read it, speak it, and hear it if you're going to make it, make it, make it take in your head uh, permanently. Agreed. How about you, Scott? You want to weigh in on that? How do you, when you find a high potential, how do you equip them for success? Well, when people, uh, when people uh, in their career path and their career goals, we use that to motivate them. Um, on their phone, their, their goal is to buy a new house and their kids to college. We ask them to put their screen save on their phone, on their computer, on what they want to accomplish. That way when they pick up the phone and they don't want to make that phone call, they remember why they want to, why they need to make that phone call. Um, if people raise their hand and say they want to be promoted, we pour into them. I manage them a little bit harder, to be honest with you, um, because they've identified that they want more. So if you want more, like, uh, you know, I, I, Ben St. Hours is general manager of our Honda store, probably one of the most talented guys in the auto industry. And um, I, I am on Ben's butt all day, respectfully. But I mean, I, you know, I know what his potential is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our, you know, GSMs or GMs here. And I mean, if I see a superstar, my goal is to push them as far as I could push them respectfully. You know, you don't want to break them or anything like that, but put all the resources into them and pour into them. This is, you know, this is coach, a lot of coaching, a lot of, uh, you know, one-on-ones and, uh, and, the, and the good ones, the special ones, they'll respond. Um, one thing earlier, you mentioned about Adam Aarons. For people that don't know Adam, he's a car dealer um, in the Northeast and very progressive, very well-respected, very sharp guy. If, if anybody uh, you ever went on your show, let me tell you, Adam's one of the best. Nice. Um, very, very smart car dealer um, that you. has Nissan and Subaru stores. And yeah. just a class act guy. Scott, but, uh, you hit the awesome. nail right on the head. Amanda, Adam, you want to weigh in on that one? Yeah. Well, I was just, uh, to Scott's point, Adam Aarons is a phenomenal dealer, human being. Um, his Subaru store, Patriot Subaru down in Florida, um, always gets ranked topped in in customer service as well as employee retention his employees love him um and, and he's just a great guy and he owns multiple points i i would love to see him on the show so how do you uh equip your people for success when you have a high potential how do i equip them for success um for for me it's not just about the car business when i want people to be successful i want them to be successful in life nice. um so on our whiteboard um, I don't know if you can see it in the meeting room here, but we go um, every month we have one personal goal and one professional goal um, that I want them to to think about every day. And because I want them to have a clear cut idea why they show up to work every day. That's and for a paycheck, That's like you stuff. said, David, when because when the money starts pouring in, there's got to be a bigger motivator. Um, and, and so. For, for me, we, we are heavy into what's going on outside of these walls, and, and then we talk about what's going on inside of them. So so getting invested, getting buy-in with them personally, and letting them know that I, I care um, about their personal success just transcends over to professional, and then you know the, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll kind of follow you wherever you go. That, well, that, that brings up, and let me ask you this, Amanda, just staying with you, and then we can just round robin to, the, uh, to uh, Anthony and Scott. Um, do you have a mentor 
ship system, you know, and, and maybe the system is you, maybe the system is, you know, an outside source. You know, we, uh, yesterday in our, in our, uh, uh, small, small group of leaders, you know, we had, of course, John Maxwell, you know, and then we have, uh, uh, somebody that was with the organization uh, here as well. So there's 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 outside sources. So what do you, what do you what do you use as a mentorship system in your dealership, Amanda, or with your people, and then uh, even with yourself? Yeah. So personally, I think and and you two um, discussed earlier about networking, okay. right? Networking, right. net worth, and so I'm on um, a handful of boards and associations, and I recommended it to each one of my staff staff members and each one of them are now on their own association so that they're getting the mentorship inside and outside of these walls and they're involved in community um, associations that just have them invested in bigger picture thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it's macro level, it just be a better person and, and steadily progressing throughout life. And then again, that those outside habits transcend into the work environment and it just makes for a great culture. Well, so Amanda, it sounds like to me that you're getting deep and wide in their life, which is basically mentorship to me. And yeah, when absolutely. you get deep and wide in their life, you're getting loyalty and culture that no management system can buy. If that makes yeah, sense. We're, we're like a family. Yeah. This, this is, we spend a lot of time together. I yeah. think. Well, you, you spend know, more time than you do with your family, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So outside programs, outside mentorship, finding things that make them tick, that they're interested in and getting them connected with those things so that they're just a more happy worker, right? Yeah. That when they're here, they're, they're giving it all they got because they have a happy life. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <clears throat> Scott, going to you, I mean, does, what do you use there? I mean, 700 employees, people have to understand. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, people think, you know, I mean, if I were over Scott Simons, I'm mean, 700 employees, I have 50 or whatever it is. If I, I mean, if I can just get to where he is. Okay, well, you know, we all know that, you know, new levels, new devils. <laughs> you know, new, right. new, le new levels, man, is just – challenges are bigger situations are bigger i mean mentorship how do you do it there how do you how do you you know how do you handle that so i mentor the uh, the general managers the general sales managers the department leaders mm -hmm. they mentor the employees that work for them I, I had a program toward the end of last year where i took 20 of my at-risk employees and personally mentored them and taught them how to read credit bureaus we talked about life and dropped uh, no one had titles we could discuss freely. We did discuss freely some things, a lot of things. And we talked about life, like, you know, girlfriend issues, boyfriend issues, family issues. Um, and uh, it, it really, I retained most of the people that were in that group. Then I've kind of turned it now over to the managers because I didn't want to show favoritism in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So I mentor the leaders that are here. My mentors are um, Grant Cardone, uh, Andy Priscilla through First Form. I'm in the Arte Syndicate with uh, Ed Milet and, and Andy Priscilla, which is a high-level entrepreneur group. Um, Danielle Delgado is a you know is a mentor of mine. Um, so, and I think they're extremely important. They're extremely important to have mentors because if not, you you never want to get satisfied. You know, you want to make sure you push yourself to be the best person you could be in your health, your family your community, you know, everything. Um, anybody can be exceptional one thing, you know, but can you be exceptional total package? Can you be exceptional in all areas of your life? And that's really what I strive to do. I work out twice a day, um, you know, and I do that, just try to keep some type of uh, normalcy when there's a pretty chaotic world out there right now. I uh, don't worry about tomorrow, I focus on today. I plan, but I really stay within day to day to day to day to day. 
as much as I possibly can. But mentorship is so important. Um, you, you must have a mentor in life. Uh, it's extremely important to have a mentor. That's good. How about you, Anthony? You want to weigh in on that? How do you mentor those those high yeah, potentials? I listen to Amanda and Scott. You know, they're both hitting on it. You know, we we're we're mentoring every day, and you got to teach these people. And Amanda hit it on the head. You got to be involved in the community. It's part of our, you know. And I moved over from our GM store where we had 250 employees, so and I grew to about 500 as a whole. So we're used to dealing with a lot of people. And our managers are required to be involved in a civic organization to get out and involve themselves in the community because we're not in the car business, we're in the people business. Right. That's where you sell cars. You don't sell cars on the lot. If your people are doing a good job, they're out there mixing and mingling with the community. The community is what drives your business. Right. And you gotta get out there with those people and make them remember you. And that's our mentorship program to our people is get out there and make people remember you so that when they get ready to buy a car, they're gonna think of a car dealership, they're gonna think of you. Right. And that's really what drives them there. So. You know, that's what you got to do. Get out, get involved, and give them goals. Make them want to get out and be somebody. I tell you what, we didn't set this up, but this is a strong panel on leadership right here when it talks about <laughs> mentoring people. I mean, I mean, we we didn't set these people up to, to key off of each other, but I'm telling you, we've got three strong ones here. They've got three strong answers. Let's go back to uh, – we'll, I guess we'll start back with Amanda and then kind of round robin again. Amanda, let me ask you a question. So we talked about the, 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 the criteria. We talked about how to equip them. We've talked about your mentorship system. How do you keep them motivated? How do you keep, you know, it's easy. When, when I first started working professionally, they, they, they started calling people the 90-day wonders, you know. Mm -hmm. They come in like a buzzsaw, and then 90 days later you wonder what happened. Yeah. And so how do you keep them motivated? I like the, the ones that come thing? in bragging. You know, the first couple of weeks and then in crying yeah. the third week. <laughs> but but how do you keep them motivated in that second, third, and, and, and fourth session, if that makes sense? So I think Scott hit the nail on the head. There there are no use. Um, mm. In the beginning, I tried to make everybody me. Why aren't they as motivated as me? Um, and so you have to find their unique interest and find out what that person particularly is into that gets them. What do they, I have one who pets, right? Like. I'm not into it like that, but one, she loves dogs. So I, I put some, some type of pet motivator in there. <laughs> you know, I've got one that loves sports. So we've got a sports motivation in there. Or when I'm using analogies, I use dogs as an analogy or sports as an analogy. And, and, and just having the, um, the accountability factor, those talks every day and, and one-on-ones, right? Yes, it's great to address the group, but I think one-on-ones are important because these are these are like our kids, right? They each have their own personality, their own soul, their own direction, and, and you can't treat each one the same. So you've got to find what personally drives them, connect with that, and use that as the carrot, use that as the motivating factor, um, and, and keep it unique for each person, and, and just keep pushing, keep pushing, and keep leading again by example, showing up, letting them know that you care about them, and, and I find that it's been successful. Nice. Nice. That's good stuff. Uh, same question to you, Scott. I mean, you know, so mentorship program, obviously, I think that they go hand in hand if the program's effective. But, you know, um, again, going back to a comment uh, I made earlier, that's just basically something that I learned. You know, people say, oh, I got I get into sales to make money. You know, there's a little truth to that maybe they like the fact that they're not capped. But the reality is there has to be a why. There has to be an it. There has to be a reason that keeps somebody 
uh, going. You know, I, I break down the word uh, motivated, you know, in a, in, in a talk that I do where, you know, the word motive, you know, is in it. And what, what, what is your motive? Because that's really what, what's going to motivate you. Um, so when you look at that, what keeps your people motivated? What keeps you motivated? Well, it's, it's a discipline. Discipline stays. Motivation goes. So you can be like, give an example. Um, I didn't want to work out this morning, but I had an accountability partner in my garage at 5 a.m. text me. And I literally, if he wasn't in my garage waiting on me, I probably would not have worked out this morning just being completely transparent. Now, once I went out there, I worked out for an hour and 15 minutes. But if that gentleman wasn't sitting there, I easily would have rolled back over, went back to bed. And I, I, I snoozed at 4.30, 4.45. He finally texted me at 5 said, hey, man, you coming? So I think accountability. <laughs> Those are the best days, though, aren't they, Scott? Well, and it's so important to have that accountability. It's so important to have that discipline. But if managers only care about themselves, they don't care about the people that work for them, then, you know, motivation will come and go. Mm -hmm. And if you have a bad attitude when people come in, you can kill their motivation pretty quick. Right. So you've got to be the reason why they're upbeat. You've got to keep them positive. You know, you've got to keep the energy. You also have to keep them disciplined and with with accountability and let them know you truly care. And you right. can you, we can we can manage people. Um, we can really manage people hard or that's a bad word. We, we can really manage people, but they've got to know first that we care. Yeah. If someone knows you truly care about them. They'll allow you to push. them. If they don't think you care, they're not going to allow you to manage them at all. So they genuinely got to know you care about them. And then I tell you, you can let yourself down, but you don't want to let others down. You don't let your family down. You don't let your employees down. You don't let your community down. I didn't want to let that guy outside down. That's the reason why I got out of bed this morning. So that accountability and knowing that the team needs you to produce in order to hit goals and your family needs you in order to achieve your goals and dreams, that's the that's what pushes you over. That's what motivates you uh, to, to get up every single day. How about you, Anthony? How do you keep those folks motivated after, you know, they hit that second and third stride? They've had some success, and now they're kind of settling in, and they think they know it all, and how do you keep them going? Well, I've heard this in the message already. I think different things motivate different people, you know. So as a rule in our meeting, we cheerlead as a group, and we teach and motivate individually because one guy may be motivated by money. You know, myself, I'm motivated by winning. It really doesn't take a lot. I just want to win. So – but the next guy may be money. I got a guy that his motivation is time off. He, <laughs> he works to live. He's not working to make money. He's working to have a living. So I can put a bonus out there for this guy and say, look, if you will sell these five cars, I'll give you three extra days off. He'll go bust his ass and sell five <laughs> cars so he can be off. You know, so it, the next guy, it's money. The next guy it might be a, a watch, whatever motivates people. That's is different. So you got to find out everybody's hot button. And that's where when I'm teaching managers, you have to manage people all separately. You know, this, you can't manage them as a group. Anthony hit it on the head so so much there because I'm going to tell you, I I used to throw spiffs out one way. You know, and and, and I learned very quickly. I'm going to tell you, time off is a is such a big motivator for people who uh, you know. And I realize how valuable time is. You know, you just can't you can't make more of it. And uh, so, great great point there. Um, so I, it, you know, you know what? And it's funny, Anthony, because I think that we've learned that over the years, evolved as sales coaches, people who've studied, you know, because if not, you know, I, and what got me to, and I know this is more sales related, but what got me to really look at that and figure it out was when you could not, no matter what you did, 
break certain levels with certain individuals and they were talented as the day is long and you're sitting there training your butt off you know and if it were if you know it, when you had so much training and you know that listen it's not the training it's not the product but when you look at it, it you started to go okay there's got to be something i'm missing and everyone's motivated differently and and time off's a huge uh, uh, motive. And matter of fact, I, I, I threw out, I remember one week, uh, a year ago, we were, we were doing spiffs financially. I mean, it was like major, you know, spiffs. And we threw out the next week, we threw out uh, time off. And I'm going to tell you something, every single person hit their goals. And uh, some, one of the best things we did is hit your go- a certain goal by the middle of the month. You get that next Friday off. I'm going to tell you strong. something. I, I remember coming in on the first Friday and I had one salesperson. <laughs> then you freaked out and said, why would we do that? <laughs> and, you know, you know what? Initially, initially the, the, the controlling OCD in me freaked out. But here's the reality. We had the best month that we had that year that, up until that point because we hit the numbers. Well, so, I, can, you know, I can tell you that one of the things that, I'm, that, that I do is like you, you, when you get people that have had some success – and then all of a sudden they get frustrated, they get into a slump, mm-hmm. is, is I try to sit with them, coach them, motivate them, and then remind them that this is a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. Reveal to them some of the successes that they had and why. Yeah. Right. And then show them how it's going to come back in the next season. Then if I need to come alongside of them and pull the cart with them a little bit yeah. so that I can re-show them how to success, good news is they've had some success. So it's not like somebody where i got to paint a picture or paint a road mm-hmm. that they haven't already walked down and seen. Yeah. But usually it's just something personal or mental that's going on with them. That's a good point. Kind of the last question. Let's rephrase it a little bit because the question is how do we benchmark the results. But, but, but I mean, the, the, the reality would be is, is that – how do you because there, there's degrees of those results right i mean there's some we're talking about sales everybody in the car business we get focused on how many cars somebody sells in service how many ro's are they writing up but i mean everybody that was on this panel david talked about getting deep and wide in their lives figuring out what their personal motivations are figuring out what they had going on at home so my question would be is how do you benchmark those results in all of those areas and then reveal to them that they're being successful if that makes sense and we'll start with, uh, let's start with uh, Amanda to be ladies first. Um, so benchmarking success. Um, again, I, I mean, I'm, the numbers haven't changed data-wise since I got into the business 18 years ago. Um, so so it, it's just really sitting down with them and seeing where they want to be. I think we've... Um, We've all kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, Scott and Anthony have had some really great things to say about how to lead um, by example and and leading individually. I think you, you just need to, not everybody's going to be the 20 car salesperson, unfortunately, right? Somebody's gonna be in the middle, somebody's gonna be at the bottom. So it's, it's, it's just um, knowing that, right? Um, accepting that, sitting in that, and, and just making sure that, I love what you said, Fred, about uh, getting into a slump. I played fast pitch my whole life, and, and my dad would always say, get back to basics, right? How many phone calls are we making? How many appointments are we setting? How many appointments are showing? How many are you closing? Right, because if that's happening, then you're selling cars. Well, usually when they so, get in the slump, Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, but usually when they get in the slump, it's about one of the basics, really. Absolutely. They, 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 yeah. they start thinking that they got the I have arrived disease and that they don't have to continue to do what, what the success requires, and they think they've got it figured out. Yeah. Right, or they're creating their own process. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, right? It's, it's not easy. It takes work, but it's a very simple process. And so I think 
coaching is huge as what we are as leaders, coaches, mentors, and, and making sure they stay on task, follow the process, um, and the results will come. You know, yeah, and some, something really quick that uh, Amanda said, too, just to kind of piggyback on the not everyone's going to be a 20-car salesperson or what have you. You know, I, I, that's another tough lesson for head coaches and sales and people that, that, that are drivers and, and leaders to learn, and that is so true. And here's the deal. It's okay because the reality is it's, you know, and so I learned a long time ago, if you want to, if you want to grow, it's not always that everybody's going to get to a level or has the capacity to get to maybe a level of a 30 car, 20 car salesperson. And so sometimes you're going to have 15s. You're going to need to just maybe hire you got to get creative on how you build your teams and how how you do it and you might have to hire some more people there's different ways to do it and and that's the biggest thing if you don't learn that there's a there's a level of frustration that will that will haunt you you know it's just a kind of kind of sidebar over for a second because um somebody could be listening right now and say well no i don't i don't agree with what she said well she's a hundred percent right in my experience because in and, and listen it and, and there's always room for improvement but there are just some folks that don't that aren't that aren't going to want to discipline themselves or maybe don't quite have the talent to get to that 30 car level. I'm just that's just my experience. Well, I mean, if they don't have it, though, at the, at the end of the day, and I think what I've heard from all the panel members is, is that if you can help them define what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. Right. And then at the end of the day, I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you brush your pearly whites, hopefully you do. All right you know what you're capable of and hopefully you're brushing them again before you go to sleep tonight <laughs> and you know what you did and the opportunity of gap is what cavities. you left on the table right right you know absolutely right. absolutely um and uh, is this did you get my text mike is scott did scott drop off you text me about scott oh okay i'm here i'm sorry okay um so scott we'll go to you on that um i'm not really sure i got a text message that said scott said so um yeah. so <laughs> Um, so Scott, let me ask you that same question. Benchmarking, um, benchmarking. How do you benchmark, you know, uh, your 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 folks, and how do you lay that out there? Well, well numbers numbers are important, but typically what you find um, if you have someone that their numbers are down, or I have an upset customer, upset employee, I find out that it's typically not anything at work; it's something going on in their personal life. But numbers are important. But each person that works for us, have they have different talents. And it's it's our job to get the best version of them that we possibly can get. That's our job. So if you're a 10 car person, let's get you to a 12. If you're 12, let's get you to 15. If you get you to 15, let's get you to 18. Uh, but most of the time I find when they're underproducing, it's a fact that they have something going on outside of work. They're fighting with their boyfriend, fighting with their girlfriend. They have some type of drama or this and that happens. So we sit down and we work through it with them. Um, and we really get to know them on a personal level. Mm -hmm. um, but numbers are important, but it, they're not everything. Because if the activity's there and the numbers aren't there, okay, let's look at their activity. What, what type of emails are they leaving? What type of, uh, how are they co communicating with the customer? So if there's no activity, no results, and we got a problem, you know, then, I mean, then we either sit and correct or we sit and figure out what's going on. But when someone leaves our company, the first thing we look at is what did we do wrong? Not what did they do wrong? That's strong. The whole way is they weren't a good fit. Well, no, we hired them. We put right. all the resources in behind them. And when someone leaves, I take it personal that we've actually done something wrong. Right. It's a little bit different than what some people look at. That's strong, Scott. It's good stuff. How about how about you, Anthony? Bring us home with that answer. 
Well, you know, it, both the guys have said it all. I'm listening to them. And we use, I use sports as an analogy a lot with my people because they understand it. Most car people understand sports. And, and our showroom floor, you got some New England Patriots, but you got some Cleveland Browns. So, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, you're going to have some of each. So, when I benchmark, I benchmark to their capabilities. I had an old guy that I listened to speak. I've heard him speak a couple of times, and he's from my hometown, Bum Phillips. I don't know if you're old football. I remember yeah. Bum Phillips. But Bum told me one time, he said, look, it, my goal was to take an, an average guy and make him, make him good, to make a good guy and make him better, and take a better guy and make him great. great. And that's what my goal was, to always make them better. And I think that's what we have to do when you benchmark. we got our national benchmarks. So, like Amanda said, it's 10, it's 11, whatever it might be. But everybody on the floor is different. So, you want to take those guys and, and put their benchmark where they can live and put it to a level they can attain. Because I found with people, if you give them a level they can't attain, they quit. Right. It's got to be attainable. And you got to make them work for it. And always remind them that their goal is one thing and one thing only, the opportunity, because we don't sell a car without an opportunity. Anthony, let me ask you a question real quick, since we got you finishing up here, is is that we've done this every week since we started um, this together, Dave and I, and, and what would you, what topics would help you that we could add value to you that we could make show topics in the future? Well, one topic that I think everybody wants to hear is, is is how does a car dealer survive and become profitable in this internet driven world that we live in? Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> Amanda, same question to you. What would you like for us to talk about? Um, I like, I like mentorship. I, I think discussing mentorship, I think that's huge. Okay. Um, because I think if we find people who are just getting into the industry and put them on a track to go into, you know, maybe they want to be a vendor, maybe they want to be in uh, parts, who knows. But if we find someone kind of at entry level and mentor them into the right direction, you know, in, in the future, we'll just have a stronger industry. It's about planting, planting trees to provide shade for those coming after us. That's nice. How about you, Scott? I think uh, best practices. You know, we're in a we're in a business that uh, is is changing with technology. I mean, we all our world got turned upside down in March. We are doing we're forced into a new age of business that we probably should all went into anyway. Um, but who's who's winning? Who's who's taking the current state of the economy, the country, and who's winning with that? Um, so best practices uh, using technology that can help us all be more efficient make the customer experience better would be something i would like to hear about nice That's, i like that you know what we we did we've done a lot of shows in the past on uh best practices and you know i think you can you can a you could never do too many but the best practices are, are change they do <laughs> you know they really do because they that, that really comes down brett said something earlier when we talked about the 20 group that even though we're going to discuss a lot about leadership we are going to have some advertising and some idea sessions but differently than possibly the traditional meaning that those types of things it's not about product driven it's about it's about unlocking the creativity that comes when you get 
when you let leadership happen, when you take your team members, you, it ties into mentorship. When you talk about, you know, some of the best ideas I've had didn't come from me. They came from me sitting down with people that normally don't right. have a voice That's true. in a meeting. I'm saying, right. what would you like to see? And they say, well, you know, how would you like to better our product? And, you know, people that don't say anything hardly unless they're asked, they came out and said, hey, this is what I think would make our product better. And, and then next thing you know, we have a better product because we ask people that are selling it and using it and what have you. So... I think I think it sounds like we, I mean everybody we had here today was a strong panel of leaders, including you, David, and and some of your team members. And I think as as I progressed, the things when I was younger that I was certain about, mm-hmm. I'm less uncertain about those things. <laughs> but the things that I know to be true, I'm more certain than ever. And those things have shrunk. And so what you're saying, and I think what everybody's saying by, by the best practices and the mentorship and how do you survive, is is that you have to be nimble and we have to get into the crowd and figure out what they're seeing from the front lines mm-hmm. so that we can be open-minded to those best practices because those best practices move a lot faster than they used to. You used yeah. to be able to put a process in and leave it in for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now... What could what should keep you up at night as an automobile dealer is is what's next. That's good. This is working right now, but what's next? That's good. Right. Yeah, that's great. And it all ties into you know um, it, it all ties in what Anthony said earlier. We're in the we're in the people business. We don't sell cars. We 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 serve people That's right. who drive cars. And as long as you know people have needs and we can meet it, we can meet them. Then there's creative ways to sell more cars. You know that's, that's just correct. the fact. I don't know many people who walk. You know who who want to walk you know longer than you know around the block i agree <laughs> so <laughs> awesome well man I, what a great panel scott amanda anthony and scott congratulations on june um that's awesome you know, what a what an outstanding uh i know that you have some great people and i'm sure they celebrated the heck out of that and uh just uh tell everyone tell ben everyone congratulations on on, on a just a just a great crew you have yeah. Um, Amanda, Anthony, David, Michael, thank you so much for having me on. Anything I can ever do for y'all, please reach out. And uh, thank you for inviting me on your wonderful show, man. You're great for the auto industry. I appreciate you. No, yeah. thank you. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. All right. Appreciate you. Well, man, another, another one in the books. I'm telling you, that was a that was a stone that was a winner, right? There. That was a absolutely, man. You know, every week, I don't think it can get better, but it does because I know. Um, you know, and it's all about the folks that are that are watching right now, listening. Those who will uh, over the course of this week, and uh, and those who come on. If you'd like to be on the show, um, you see what we're talking about and the things that we're going to be talking about. Mentorship coming up. We're going to be talking about best practices. We're going to be talking about, um, uh, you know, really. Uh, what, what did Anthony say? Anthony wants to know how a dealer stays profitable in the internet world, basically. Really, those are three, almost, those aren't really questions. Those almost are three topics. Uh, They're top. Because mentorship is a topic in itself. Best Mm -hmm. practices, I mean, you know, there's an S at the end of that, so it's plural. You've got what's not, you know, and then you have the internet department really looking at how somebody, and I love that topic, and I think that's a really hot topic, and there's, I don't know a dealer alive that doesn't want to know how to, how to win at that. I can tell you that, you know, we had that event yesterday and so we're coming into the show today and you almost feel like, okay, I hope that we do well as much energy as that we, we expended yesterday. But I think that the cast that we had here today and the topics we had to hear today and the answers that we had to hear today, they spun out solid gold. Oh, they did. Yeah. Hey, well, another one in the books, folks. Brett Oob and we'll be back next week and yes, uh, we look forward to seeing you guys then. Make sure you share it. 
share it, like it, share it, and follow us on uh, Facebook and follow us on uh, YouTube and all the other social media platforms. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.